Have you ever wondered why some entrepreneurs seemingly catapult to the top in a short period of time, while others take years or even give up on their dreams? The fastest path to success is positioning yourself as an authority. Follow me on my journey to build my online dream business as I interview successful entrepreneurs, uncover marketing strategies to grow your business, and help position you as the authority. I'm Steph Shinneberry, and this is The Authority Marketing Edge. Welcome to Authority Marketing Edge. Today, my guest is Karen Mead, co-author of Women Who Boss Up. Karen is a teacher at heart. She has always sought out careers where she could put her natural talents to work. She runs Karen Mead Organizing and Design and has worked with hundreds of clients across multiple states. From coaching to hands-on organizing sessions to virtual organizing, hosting workshops and webinars, this satisfying work has truly been Karen's mission. She teaches women how to calm the chaos in their home and life and is honored to be allowed into someone's home to assist them where they are, both physically and mentally, because it's never just about the stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Steph. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Oh, thank you for coming. So can you give us a short backstory of kind of how you got into this space? Into this, it, well, actually, uh, how did you get, have you always been an entrepreneur? Have you always been on the entrepreneurial journey or did you start out in organizing? No, I haven't always been entrepreneurial. In fact, my background is like a third grade teacher way out of college, but there's that teaching component that no matter what job or career or profession I had, there was always that teaching component. And I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home with our two sons for a decade when they were young. And then when it was time to go back to work, when my youngest was in first grade, I took that entrepreneurial leap and thought, you know, at the time I was 38, so I was closing in on 40 and I thought, you know, if I don't try something on my own before I'm 40, I probably, I may not try. And I didn't want to let that time escape me and have a regret. So rather than going back to teaching after I had taught and of course taught my children when they were at home with me, um, I took the leap and started my own business. But like I said, that was 2008. So 12 years ago and I was 38 at the time. So I don't have a business background. I don't have an entrepreneurial background. I had a passion for helping and teaching women how to do better for themselves and their family in their own home. Oh, that's, that's neat. So have you always been um, an organizer? I mean, that's just to me, cause I'm not. <laughs> so, so uh, have you always been um, super like, cause to me, that's just, pe there are people that are, and then there are people that aren't. <laughs> You're right. And thankfully, <laughs> there are some that aren't because that's why I have clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all have our gifts and strengths right. and you have yeah. yours and I have mine. And I have always been a very organized person, um, definitely with my items or belongings in my home, but I'm also um, very good with time management mm -hmm. and keeping track of things. And for me, Steph, the best way to feel calm when there's a lot of chaos mm -hmm. is for my physical environment to be tidy right 
That's the easiest way for me to feel like, oh, things might be really crazy or things might be a little out of control or something's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if my physical environment is organized, it brings me a great sense of peace so I can then move on and do what I need to be doing and focusing on. Oh, that's great. So are you helping, um, are you helping people in their business get organized as well? Or is this more an in-home, more just for the home? Great question. So I do do both. I focus on residential and business organizing. I think, you know, in residential organizing or working in any home, you kind of come upon those same, you know, problems or issues over and over, whether it be a master closet or a home office or a pantry or a garage, everybody has those same spaces. Mm -hmm. But when I'm working with businesses of all and any type, I've worked in areas of cybersecurity pharmaceutical, I mean, nothing related, law firms, doctor's offices. So for me to organize a business, I've also worked in many schools, private schools. The best thing for me to do is to really take a deep dive and get to know the people, their roles and responsibilities, and then the day-to-day function of the business so I, I never thought I could talk to you about a phase one clinical trial, but I could talk to you about that today. And I could also talk to you about cybersecurity. How am I going to best organize for a business if I don't know a thing about yeah. it? Yeah. So there's a learning curve for, for business organizing, but I really like the challenge of learning something new. So when you go into a business, you're actually organizing their physical space so that they can flow with their workflow, correct? It can be physical space. You're right. It can definitely be physical space. It's also mostly stuff about setting up systems and processes Mm -hmm. and efficiencies. Right. So whether that has to do with paper or not, doesn't really matter, but it's how can they improve what they're currently doing to do their best, to be working at their optimal rate. Right. So it's really setting up processes, systems, and strategies so they can really kind of kick it up a notch, if that makes sense. It does. It actually does. I have um, just getting to the point where, uh, where I'm like, because I've been on this journey for about two years, but I still have a full-time job and it's getting busier. I'm like, okay, I've got to get systems in place because I, so I just hired someone to do that. But I would love to talk about some of the things that you do to help people. Like if so, if we were, if you were telling our readers, what are some systems, our listeners, what are some sisters systems that you could put in place at the beginning or the outset of your business to help you with your flow? I think one of the first questions I definitely ask any business owner is what is currently working and what is currently not working. You know, when you walk into your place of business or you walk into your office in your business building, what is it about your day? What is it about your space? What is it about technology that makes you kind of grit your teeth and go, oh, I just don't want to deal with this because I don't know how to blank or I can't blank. Whatever that fill the blank is. So once I ask them questions, what is and isn't working, 
then I can kind of get to the next level of helping them set things up. You know, sometimes stuff, it's, just, it's not simple. It can be very complicated and complex helping a business. Sometimes it's like looking at their standard operating procedures, mm. looking at their SOPs and seeing, is that really how the daily workflow goes? Are the right people in their chain of command really doing the responsibilities that those people should be doing? Or are some people wearing too many hats? So a lot of times coming into a business, it's looking at who's doing what, who should be doing what, and possibly reassigning roles and responsibilities elsewhere, or hiring an additional person, or moving a current employee to a new position, so that everyone is really utilizing their strengths most of the day. Because everyone wants to succeed, right? Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So would you, would you consider yourself kind of like a temporary, pro, uh, what's it called? A, a, a man, uh, what, not a product manager, but a, a systems manager, project oh, manager. That's the one I'm trying to think of. <laughs> so you can tell I'm not, it's not my thing. <laughs> I will say, I think I've been a project manager since I was probably in middle school. <laughs> I love it. At 13 meant project managing the homecoming dance. <laughs> okay. This is your natural talent for it sure. Is. I mean, yeah. I was the president of my high school class for three out of four years. And so I really like an issue or a problem. And with, I don't like doing it alone. I'm a very collaborative person. Even when I'm organizing in a business or a home, I want to hear other ideas from other people and let's break down the issue and start inserting some things that we could try. So project management is obviously someone who can wear many hats, who has enough information to make a really good guesstimate or a, a estimate or solution to solving a problem. Mm. But it really isn't something that can always be done on your own. It really takes other people speaking up on that project. I do love taking something large, breaking it down, solving the issue, and then kind of building that back up again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All nice and neat, kind of breaking All it apart. Going, okay, <laughs> this goes over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so much better. I mean, that must be such a gratifying feeling. Yeah. It is for me and hopefully for my clients too. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is kind of like, accomplishing all those tasks to get to the goal that you've desired to get to. Right. But of course you and I know there's a lot of steps in any task getting accomplished. You can write a to-do list or a task list or type it up on your phone or however you keep your to-dos. But sometimes one task has many subtasks below it. Right. I do list them all out as annoying as that can be. Also, some of it's just gratification to cross those things off. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely about to cross the list off. Oh, that feels good. It does. It does. That's okay. awesome. So uh, what are some practical things that someone could do to organize their home or, or their business? Either one. Pick one or both or, or, and just give us some, like, some steps, some, str yeah. some strategies. Great question. So... I've done this 12 years now, and I have found that I follow the same three steps. Whether I am doing a junk drawer versus a garage, 
versus maybe a file room or a boardroom. It's the same thing. It just, the stuff looks different, but the process is the same. So I'm happy to share that. Sure. Awesome. Um, number one, step number one, I call it the general sort. So we get all of our items in the junk drawer or we're looking at everything in the garage or the file room and we're sorting like things together. So I try to tell people like envision a junk drawer in a home or a junk drawer even at an office. And there's just a variety of items in that junk drawer. So sort them, get all the pens together, get all of the highlighters and the rubber bands and the staples and sort like items together. Now already, it already looks tidier mm -hmm. just by putting like things together. And then you can say, oh my gosh, I have 30 pens in my junk drawer. <laughs> I don't need 30, I need 10 or five. Yeah. So after you do step one of the general sort, then is kind of my favorite part. Uh, step two is the pare down. Mm -hmm. Pare down or purge and make the decision. Do all these items need to remain in the junk drawer? Are they applicable for this space? Is there any trash in there? So pare down excess, pare down out of those 30 pens, some that don't work anymore, that don't have any ink in them and throw mm -hmm. them away. The batteries that are dead batteries, let's get those recycled. So once you've done the sort and the pare down of any space, even in a garage, the fun part is step three. And that's the part all the clients like because it may involve a little shopping. <laughs> yeah. Everybody likes to get the bin or the tub or the basket or right. whatever that new pretty shiny container is going to be. But I really discourage clients from going shopping until you've sorted and pared down because you don't really know what you're going to have left yeah. until you've done the yucky work. Right. That makes, makes sense. Makes sense. So awesome. That, that, that putting it back together, that fine tuning is what I call step three. Now you put the containers in the junk drawer and you've got a container for pens and pencils and a container for the cellophane tape and staples and paper clips and so on. So really those three steps of general sort, pare down and fine tune apply to any area. Really? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Good. Okay. Um, now, one of the things that I read in your, I don't know if it was in your bio or your email, was that, uh, that you mentioned uh, trial and er marketing by trial and error. <laughs> you, what kind of tips can you uh, give the listeners with your marketing? Because it sounds like you have tried some things and found what didn't work and what did work. And we're always looking for that. Sure, of course. So I don't, you know, I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, most people don't go into having their own business because they love running a business. Mm -hmm. They start their business because they have a passion, a hobby or knowledge they want to share with others. And perhaps they can monetize that. Right. So that being said, you know, I have a teaching, an elementary teaching degree by background. And here I am running an organizing business for 12 years with employees. So not really related. But to get clients, sometimes, especially when you're starting out, you're pretty desperate to try a whole lot of different things to get some clients and get the money kind of flowing in. 
So I have had some successes. In fact, I'd like to share one thing that worked and it's very homespun, homegrown, kind of reminds me back to the age. Um, you and I will remember like the Tupperware lady or oh, the yeah. lady, yeah. Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends, my slogan is paring it down for my business. Okay. So I have, you know, kind of latched onto the fruit of the pear and then pare it down. So I had friends who would host pare it down parties for me in their home. And in 2008, I got my first six clients from one pare it down party where I had all of the women who attended. There were, I don't know, 18 women there or so, 18 to 20. And I had them pare down the contents of their purse at that party. So simple, nothing that I had to spend the money on. Very creative, kind of teacher-like, you know. Right, right, yeah. But those women could see an absolute change in just their purse in that 60-minute pare-down party and could see the benefit of cleaning things out, throwing things away, getting rid of old receipts or whatever that was in their purse and could see like, oh, my purse looks better, it's lighter, Mm -hmm. I can find what I need. And that whole train of thought translates really to any aspect of life. Right. For me starting out, you know, that was something that worked, that paring down party. And I, like I said, I got six clients that That is amazing. First go at it. That is amazing. Yeah, really. I love it. I love it. Keeping it real and staying yourself is important. Yeah, because you got to go in and basically be the teacher and use an example that they had on them. So And then something that I've tried over the years, you know, I think sometimes I kind of in my mind say, I'm going to try it two or three times and I'm going to assess whether it was successful based on my criteria or was it not successful and then be able to let it go and move on and not try to force something that's just not naturally working. So I had in the past staff, I had organized like a holiday market, a holiday bazaar, Mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving or so and invited all of these women from my children's schools and PTA moms and things. And we would have different vendors set up. And I had created what I just knew was the most incredible holiday organizing binder that anybody could ever imagine. And of course I slaved and there's again, trial and error and it never sold great. It just, I think people weren't that into organizing their holidays like I had a budget sheet Mm. and a cookie making list for whoever was going to bake and then we had an ingredient grocery list and I kind of went across five or six areas of the holidays so I could give these women helpful tints and checklists and I did it for three holidays three Christmases and it just never really made a go so I had to let it go even though I cried sometimes yeah yeah if it's not working, I'm just not going to continue to force it. Yeah. Isn't it funny? It's sometimes I'll do like a story post or create something that I'll work on for two hours. I'm like, this is going to like get a lot of engagement. (laughs) It doesn't. And I'm like, I thought this was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. (laughs) I thought it was really relatable. And you know, anyway, it's just, it is trial and error. I mean, uh, you've got to like strike that uh, nerve or that cord or whatever with people. But uh, yeah, I'll let, I'll, and you're right. You just have to, sometimes you just have to let it go. And we don't know what's going to stick until we try it. 
And sometimes we can get in our own heads so much and just think we are just like the cat's pajamas and like this right. is amazing. But yeah. it doesn't always relate to everybody else. Right. So at, at what point do you let it go and move on? And I mean, at first, you know, in the beginning, it's much harder. But now I feel like time is of the essence. If it's not working, let me get on with my next idea and try that out instead of kind of feeding the dead horse and forcing something that just isn't naturally going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's, uh, Karen, what, what would you tell someone that was just starting out on their entrepreneurial journey? Any suggestions? Um, yes, that's a really good question. Um, as far as suggestion, I would say do some research into things, but don't have that analysis paralysis. Like you can research and read and look online and see if there's a need or any of that. But at some point you need to take the plunge. Mm -hmm. It may be the wrong plunge. It may be the wrong time. It may be the wrong group of client, potential clients, but you have to just go for it. And I'm thinking of a specific person that I know who also is an organizer. And when I met her, she just had the perfect everything stuff, the perfect business card, the perfect logo, the perfect website that she had spent a lot of money on, but she didn't know how, and she didn't try to go about getting clients. Like she was waiting for them to come see her right. business, yeah. but she wasn't putting herself out there. Right. And I think it's really important for anyone just starting out to definitely do your due diligence, but to not just get stymied by that and just mm -hmm. try something. Right. So my whole motto now is just do something. Right. Something to keep progressing forward. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things there. First of all, I totally agree with, um, you know, I've been having these conversations with some other people about, you know, clarity. So, and even if you know what area that you, that you want to do this in, you're not really going to know if it's right or with the right people or exactly on your target market or whatever, until you just start doing it and trying it, like you said. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing, uh, putting yourself out there, I think there's there, like, it's, you know, you've heard the, uh, if you build it, they will come. Well, that's not really true. There's so much noise out there that they're not going to find. It might've been true a long time ago. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, you've, you've got to put yourself out there and, you know, people want to do pe business with people they know and the personality and, and all of that. So I think that is super important. I think you're right. And you touched on a really good point. It's making a connection. Mm, making how, a connection. So how is each person, each new entrepreneur or new business person, how do they connect well? Is it through their writing? Is it through their speaking? Is it a networking engagement? Is it something through Zoom? we're all different, which is wonderful because that means we can all connect with people who are most likely to connect with us by trying different avenues of advertising and marketing. But another thing I wanted to say, and this was super surprising to me, and I've heard it over and over, and I'm sure that you have also, that sometimes when you start your business, you assume that everybody who knows you and loves you is going to be a hundred percent on board and be your biggest cheerleaders, right? You've heard this, right? right, right. And you've also heard that that is so not the case, and mm -hmm. that then becomes personal. Like, mm -hmm. why do some of these people who know me so well, who 
seen how hard I've worked and put together a business plan. Why are they not, why are they not really supporting me? And I think for, for new business people starting out, starting with their passion or their hobby, they just need to know that they're doing it for themselves. Um, I, yes. Yes. And you know, it, you know, I have, uh, you know, best friends that could probably care less about what I'm doing. I mean, we're, we all have our own lives. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think at first we're like, look what I'm doing. This is so exciting. And then it's just like, I'm doing like, they have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> really. And, you know, I think the coolest thing is just meeting other entrepreneurs. That's where, um, that's where I've gotten my support is, is communities of in networks of, of other entrepreneurs that are on the same Maybe not the same thing, but we're on, we get the journey. We get the journey. Right. So yeah, like-minded people, but only like-minded in the fact that you're on a journey. I right. think that's a beautiful way yeah. that you just described that. And yeah. networking, I mean, you know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you've got to put yourself out there like we refer to. Mm-hmm. And networking now during the time of COVID is obviously different, but it's mm-hmm. still doable. Like, yeah plenty of ways thank you you know thanks to technology yes There's a lot of ways we can connect and network and i do i'm sure you're the same i love i thrive on being around people on their journey who are open and willing to share Me too. talk about trials and tribulations because that really is ultimately i think how we really learn oh i do too i you know um I was telling someone else this. I don't do like I publish one podcast a week usually, and I have several that I needed. I'm about caught up, but then I got 16 all of a sudden that are coming. And like, I've done six in the last few days and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to do all this? But it's been so worth it. Like meeting the meeting each one of you, it's been amazing. Like I've had amazing conversations. I feel like by the end of the, the, interview. I feel like I know you guys a little bit and, um, I want to follow you on your journey. And, and so, yeah, this is the best, this is the whole best part of podcasting are these conversations and the connection, like that human connection. Yeah, exactly. And also with my clients, I mean, a lot of times Steph, when I'm going into a home or a business, especially a home, because that's such a personal intimate space. Mm -hmm. For that client to have initially reached out to me to ask to set up an initial assessment took a lot of bravery on their part, Mm -hmm. especially what I'm doing. You know, clients don't call me ever on their best day. Yeah. They're calling me on a really hard, down, possibly sad or distressing or depressing day because they need help cleaning out their spouse's closet who passed away a few years ago. Yeah or helping a woman clean out the bedroom of her 40 year old daughter who had passed away from breast cancer. Oh, wow. mm. So those things I feel very honored and humbled mm. that someone is brave enough to ask for help. Yeah. So, and they're also then afraid to open the door and let me in due to possible feeling shamed or embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Right. Or those emotions that come into what I do. Right. Um, I take that responsibility very seriously yeah. because they are really being their very bravest. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It is really, yeah. really an honor. Yeah, I was going to say you feel, you would, you would feel honored to be trusted to, to be that person. Yeah. And to be the person who 
and you said it in the bio when you were reading it, it really, for me working with any client, it is never about the stuff. It's why. That's what I want. I knew there was something else. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's get to, because there's the organizing, but if, if there, if the, if the, uh, the thing behind that is not addressed, it's just going to go back to the way it was. So are you able to have coaching and success with, with let's get to the bottom of this and see why we keep doing this. Yes. I mean, I don't have a counseling degree or anything like that, but I've done this 12 years, very hands-on. I'm also very much an empath and feel like I'm able to help people kind of move along and do a little bit of healing while we do the physical work. Um, But I am able to help people I think because I'm approachable and I'm a great listener and I'm very much able to empathize with them mm-hmm. and they feel like they can trust me. And also I'm not a family member, you know, right. it's always easier to talk to the stranger yeah. is to someone in your family. And it mm-hmm. almost becomes stuff. A lot of the sessions I work with clients, it's almost like confession. Yeah. And, I, and I've said before, and it's very true, sometimes they'll open the door and I can read a room very well. I can read a person very well. Maybe their home is more dim and dark and feels a little bit more like a cave on my first day or two. And they may not be able to give me great direct eye contact because they're afraid that I'm going to shake mm. them or judge them. Mm. But by the end of a day or two of working together and now they're smiling more, they can look me in the eye, We've opened some blinds and some curtains and their physical space just functions better. And, and really any space in a home or business, it, it's definitely important how it looks, but it's much more important how it functions. Yeah. It, it needs to function for that person or for the family or for the business. So there's not really a greater feeling than watching that client kind of gain some of their self-confidence back. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. having a hard time, their spouse is giving them a hard time for the way they're keeping their home. Mm. But that person is doing their very best and Mm -hmm. just needs someone to come in who's objective and has some tools and strategies for them. Yeah. Then back to teaching, which is why I love teaching. Now they can do it on their own because I've taught them. Right. And I think the word uh, objective is so important because you know, working with people on, you know, I'll work with people on how to get clarity, you know, on, on their, on whatever their path, their journey is, or, um, or how to pull their process or their framework out for how they get the client from X to, to Z or whatever, A to B or whatever. And, um, and it's so much easier to do that for someone else than it is for yourself. Like I can, like I can be doing something new and I'm like, how come this seems so hard? Why can't I put all these pieces together? But I really know what they are, but I can talk to someone else about it and, and it just becomes clear. So I think there is something so true about, you know, the object, having the objective instead of like, we're so close to it that it's hard to see. And there's definitely so many times, and I know you would say the same thing, I'm sure is that I, there's plenty of times I've learned so much from my client. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. They're, they're in a difficult situation or possibly, like I said, a sad or difficult situation. 
And I hear just like a little nugget of what they say. And I file that and I don't forget that. Maybe it's going to help me in something in my, an area of my own life. Mm. Or maybe it's just what I needed to hear that day. And they are teaching me in a way that they don't even realize it most of the time. Sometimes I'll just tell them like, oh my gosh, I've been here an hour. I've learned three things from you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Really much a, you know, helpful synergistic type situation where I'm not perfect. I love doing this. I love helping and teaching, but I can certainly learn from anybody else. Oh, and that's such a good way to be, to be open-minded like that. Yeah. I think the people that reach out to me really, um, they, they deserve that from me. Mm -hmm. I mean, at at my best. I'll bet you're wonderful to work with. (laughs) You just seem like you'd be wonderful to work with. I can see people reaching out to you with ease. (laughs) So, I mean, who are we all to judge? I mean, let's just do the work and help each other out. Right. Let me help you you feel better. Or I work a lot with children too. And sometimes on, on the autistic spectrum, Mm. Um, and get systems set up for them in their home and their bedroom. And now with COVID again, and so many people and children working and learning from home is really, Uh. really reaching out to each member of the family to see what their needs are and how are we now going to incorporate one, two, three, four, or more people working and learning under the same space. So someone with possibly a little bit of special needs you know, I was a teacher, I am very empathic, and I can tune in pretty darn well to seeing how are we going to set this person up for as much success as possible by asking the right questions. Mm. Yeah, I bet you had a whole new area kind of open up in the last uh, few months with COVID and and everybody being home more. Yeah. 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 Very Wow, we've had this is so cool. I love it. Like, I had no idea. Like, because I've never really talked to anyone about you know their about their organizing business. So this has been really fun. So Karen, I want to hear about the book. <laughs> tell me about your story in the book, or tell us about the book. Can't wait to read it. Well, I'm excited to see it all put together, and I'm so grateful that you a are talking to all of us. But you'll get to really hear all of our stories. Before the book comes out. (laughs) Um, But a a phrase that I frequently say to all of my clients is, you know, I'm a good person to help you go from chaos to calm. Mm -hmm. I I can help you get there. If you're open-minded and willing, and you and I can be very communicative with one another and just be honest and real, let's take you from chaos to calm. Mm -hmm. And I, I know now, like I said, this is 12 years in, and as I age and become more reflective about my own life, I know where, where my desire to start this business came from. Um, you know, growing up when things are very chaotic or out of control, you have to find something that you can do to calm yourself or to calm your environment. And so I would do that in my childhood bedroom. Uh-huh. I did it in college for my roommates. If I could organize their space, when I couldn't control anything going on in the environment around me, mm. folding all my socks, refolding all my sweaters and t-shirts, it's very cathartic to be able to do that. 
and then I feel like I'm more focused and feeling healthier. Mm. And so my clients are the same way. I can see when they're living in chaos and they're ready to go to calm. So for me, <coughs> excuse me, for me, doing this business has been very cathartic for my own self. Mm. I love it. I in love a really, it. really healthy way where I can now move on from old things in the past and I don't need to obsess about my socks or, or <laughs> anything and let go of the, of the OCD is all about control. Right. Right. So now I know why I do what I do and I'm working, I've worked very well and diligently at breaking those habits down so that they're healthier. Mm. You know, any too much of anything isn't good. Being too yeah being too compulsive, being too organized, being too rigid yeah. isn't good. So for yeah. me, organizing physical spaces has really probably saved me a couple times. Wow. That's interesting. Oh, I can't wait to read your story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm awesome. excited about the book. I think it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. It sounds like everybody, everyone's, I've, of course, I haven't heard the whole story, but that's good because it makes me want to read the book. So just enough that's like, oh my gosh, enough hook that, that I've like want to read everyone's story so far. So you guys are all amazing. Now, have you guys, have any of you guys met each other or have you guys like virtually met each other or Tam just plucked here and there and <laughs> how did that happen? Well, I, from what I understand, I'm pretty sure Tam had, you know, 14 or 16, I can't remember, 16 of us that she interviewed for a podcast. Okay. And Tam's brilliant. I mean, she's brilliant. She's creative. She's also kind and generous and incredibly helpful. Seems so like she it. us together and said, all of you have a great, incredible enough story to share let me package you all up in a book and oh, let nice. women who have bossed up during difficult, mm. really called in dark times, let's go out and help others. So again, she's teaching and helping. Yeah. All, even you. I mean, that's what we want to yeah. do. Yeah. So I'm anxious to hear the other stories. We've met once virtually um, on a Zoom call where we were, almost all of us were on that. But mm. now we've got a private Facebook group and we're on that a lot and we're encouraging and collaborating oh, and everyone's saying how wonderful Steph is. Oh, so, that is so cool. Wow. That's cool. You're oh, that's awesome. That's group. awesome. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you for the feedback. I, I appreciate that. So yeah, well, we're very grateful and excited to share with others. You know, there are many times in my business where I was discouraged, of course and things were tough. I started my business in 2008 and it was announced that we were in a recession the night before I had my very first client. Mm. And my services can be a fine line between a want and a need. Yeah. It depends on the person's personal situation. So there are many times I just almost threw in the towel mm. because it was difficult and it's so emotional and it's so taxing and draining because I know all of these hundreds of clients' backstories, mm. but I've many times had to dig very deep down. And why am I doing this? It's right. not for me. How can I help? And you just kind of keep plugging away. I bet with being, um, with being an empath and taking on 
and feeling all of these people because they do you're right they don't come to you in their in their best moment so they're so there's an emotional burden there or maybe not a burden but you can feel you know their pain so um so i'm sure you have to do some things to take care of yourself and all of that i'm getting better <laughs> good some boundaries and mm -hmm. doing my very best for them that i can but having to know when to call it a day right. and when set you know really good boundaries up and realistic lines so that it's not even always the client it's me allowing myself to be so entrenched they're not asking me to be yeah. that's on me and so i do feel of course as we age we hopefully get wiser i and, think so i right <laughs> i uh karen are you familiar with uh brene brown oh yeah no i didn't learn how to set boundaries until my 50s <laughs> so so it's like oh my gosh this is so uh empowering it's so empowering and, it, and it's and it's kinder to the other to other people because it's and it's the basically i remember the way she said it um I think it was her setting boundaries are one of the the kindest and most loving things you can do because then people know what to expect and one of the things i always thought setting i know we're kind of going down a rabbit hole here but oh, this is good. The, i want to hear I love it but one of the things that i always thought i thought boundaries were something that was like it was a harsh thing to do that was what was in my head but then i realized the way to do it was to ask my to ask the question just to myself before i ever set a boundary was what is it that i need in this situation in this space with this person and i don't mean to take from them how, basically how do i need to protect my energy and myself and then letting them know that and it's not anything against them it's just this is this is the line this is this is what i can tolerate and if you cross that then we're going to have a conversation and it's so like you said, empowering to do that up front and then it's clear and then there aren't so many resentments. And, yes. and so it's, it's, yes. yeah, we should have yes. learned that in the second grade. <laughs> well, but I think it takes all of us, no matter yeah. women or men, it takes us maturing and mm -hmm. I just turned 50. So I think getting to our fifties is really key. Yeah. I mean, you, do you see your yourself as being a people pleaser previously uh definitely this? went through life yes as a people yes. pleaser yeah definitely um i'm i'm in recovery so i have like done a lot of growing a lot of internal work um yeah. to to you know to uh because yeah i don't and i don't know where that came from but i mean i could probably guess but but yeah a people pleaser and and i guess uh i guess you're afraid you're gonna push someone away or, you know, yeah. there's all these, all these things that, that go with that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very freeing. It's freeing. That's what it is. That's the word I've been looking for to be able to nope, this is the way it is. And, and it's not, and doesn't have to be a, like a rude or a ugly thing or anything. It's just, this is, this is what I, this is what I will tolerate. And you don't even say it that way, but right. you know, but you're thinking that and you're setting yeah. a boundary, right? I still have work to do in that area. I know I do. I'm definitely a people pleaser too. But what I'm finding as I'm aging is that it's just exhausting to live like that. Mm -hmm. And no one's really putting that on us, but ourselves. Right. Children want boundaries. They want to know, you know, cause and effect. 
you walk into a kindergarten classroom in any school in any country or any anywhere any city children know what is expected of them their physical space how they should react how they should respond mm -hmm. we all need that we need to know mm -hmm. our boundaries and expectations yeah and there are no hard and i think karen i think it's natural i know it is for children to to um they're they're gonna people are gonna push see how far they can go and, and, if, and if you just keep taking it they're just gonna they're gonna keep pushing and for kids you got it when they say when you when you set the boundary and they're like oh well this is far as i can go and it's the same as for adults as well so but i think you're right too steph in saying that it doesn't have it doesn't have to be rude no it, and my one of my sayings i say with my clients a lot besides chaos to calm is i'm going to work with you and we're going to work pretty closely together and I'm going to be firm, but loving. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm firm, yeah. I'm nasty, but I'll say, you know, how many, whatever, how many pair of jeans does one person need? How many pair of black pants does one person need? Right. And of course I have incredible numbers that would shock you <laughs> on the counts of what people have. And that's not the point, but yeah. you really need to kind of look back and go, Hmm why do i have so many right what's really happening yeah you know yeah it's always it's it's never about the stuff it's yeah it's deeper right i love it i love it this has been beautiful is there anything else that you would like to share before we close out oh i wanted to share just a little bit about um the gratifying work i do when i work with hoarders mm. It is, um, I was super naive stuff when I started this, very naive. And I've worked with, I, I don't work with them often, I'd say probably maybe two a year. So not a lot, but that's 24 in 12 years. And um, it's such a misunderstood area. And I really find a lot of gratification in working with them most of the time. They really want to learn to do better. They ask for outside help. I've had many of my hoarding clients get with counselors and therapists and things. And sometimes it's a matter of maybe getting on some meds or whatever their doctor prescribes. But I'm, I'm usually one of the first people in the situation that can kind of see it for what it is and in a firm but loving way have a very honest talk. And so... I think for people who are thinking about reaching out to a professional organizer, it's important for them to know that we do a lot of different types of work with all types of people, but through organizations that we belong to and certifications that we have, it isn't ever about judging. And it really mm -hmm. is always about helping. Yeah, I love that. Very important. I love yeah yeah i can tell i love it thank you so much thank you awesome. Steph. thank you so much you're welcome so karen where can they find you i'll be sure to link this in the show notes uh karenme.com it's my website okay. yeah that's the best place yeah I think. okay all right excellent Easy. we'll put that down there and uh, you guys are going to, the book Women Who Boss Up will be released in August. So look for that. I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Steph. Have a great Thank day. You. you too. This is uh, Steph Shinneberry with Authority Marketing Edge. 
Thanks for listening. Please give us a review. And if you're a coach, consultant, or expert trying to grow their business, and you would like to join us in our free Facebook community, Purpose Driven Profits for Coaches, Consultants, and Experts, to optimize your offers, amplify your influence, and attract your dream clients, check out the link in the show notes below.